Back in 1820, there was a little girl, she was only six weeks old, and she had developed inflammation of the eyes. Now, a doctor came to the house to apply some poultices onto the eyes, and uh, the, the eyes got better, she got better, she was healed, but she would then live on for the rest of her life, 94 years of her life, blind. She would be blind for all those years. 94 years of no summer skies, no sunsets, no rainbows, nothing. 94 years without a warm smile to greet her from those that she loved. Now, what a pity that is in our minds. We think all that she missed out on. But at age nine, this little girl, she grew up, and she wrote this poem about her condition, and she said this, Oh, what a happy soul am I, although I cannot see. I resolved that in this world, contented, I shall be. So many blessings I enjoy that other people don't. To weep and sigh because I'm blind, I cannot, nor I won't. This girl would go on to write 8,000 hymns. Some of them are, To God Be the Glory, Blessed Assurance, Pass Me Not, O By, O Gentle Saviour. And her name was Fanny Crosby. Although Fanny Crosby was blind, she had a miraculous sight, a heavenly vision that we might say, that was given her because of the faith that she had in Christ Jesus. And this is what we also have laid out before us in the text in the case of Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus. He's a beggar. And he's sitting beside the road of Jericho, and yet in our account, he sees Jesus more clearly than anyone else did that day. Because the Bible tells us that we have two sets of eyes. We have these with which we see, and then we have our spiritual eyes, the eyes of our heart. And it's this second set of eyes that Jesus wants his disciples to see with, and he's wanted that ever since he called them way back in the beginning of the gospel. But you might remember in Mark chapter 8, Jesus said to his disciples who had still not understood yet another lesson that he was trying to teach them, he said to them, do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? The great problem that the disciples had with their blindness of sight is the great problem that we all have in our natural state, that we are spiritually blind blind to the things of God, blind to the truth about who he is and what he has done. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says that the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually understood. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says that the devil has blinded the minds of those who do not believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's where all of us were, apart from the grace of God coming into our life. We are spiritually blind. And the thing is that there are some of us here today who are, of course, still in that state of spiritual blindness. We're blind by our own understanding. Or we are blinded by our own vision of the physical things that we have in this world, of earthly treasures, of riches down here, things that snatch our attention away from God. Bartimaeus could see more clearly than anyone else that day because being naturally blind, just like Fanny Crosby, he first saw Jesus with the eyes of faith. 
It was faith that made him well. And it was his faith that arrested the mercy of Jesus Christ. Without a doubt, this passage, this section of scripture is here for us as the final lesson from the mountain of transfiguration to the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ. He's been teaching his disciples lesson after lesson after lesson. And this is the final lesson that he wants to teach them before he enters Jerusalem. And it's about faith, that it is without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so Bartimaeus here stands as a signpost this morning for those of us here who might see well enough with our eyes, but on the inside, there's no lightened understanding of the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to ask, is there anyone here today who's come begging in the house of God to see with their eyes for the very first time, their true eyes? It's to those that I'm going to address myself mainly this morning. And so to do so, I want to look at five things that we see in the text here before us about the faith of Bartimaeus that might encourage us all and help us and help those who are spiritually blind to come to Jesus Christ to accept the gospel and to see with eyes of faith. And the first thing that we're going to look at is to find for us the source of Bartimaeus's faith. For we've already seen in our text today that Bartimaeus had faith and that he had such faith before he met Jesus because he could not have said, Son of David, have mercy on me so quickly if he had not already understood something about the person of Jesus Christ. That title, Son of David, is a messianic title. That means it's a title that was attributed by the Jews to the coming Messiah. And this is the first time that we read about it in the Gospel of Mark. No one else has called Jesus by the title, Son of David. Bartimaeus can see with the eyes of faith, and he sees something about Jesus that no one else can see. So where did he get it? Where did he get his faith? It's quite obvious that Bartimaeus did not get his faith due to anything that he had seen. He could have traveled all over the world. He could have met new cultures. He could have seen all that there is to see. But clearly, that was not the case for him. He can't have got his faith from what he had saw. He was a blind beggar, and he had no opportunity to avail himself of receiving from his sight faith in Jesus Christ. Even though Jesus had performed many miracles at this point, and heaps of people had believed in Jesus Christ on account of the miracles, this is not where Bartimaeus got his faith. And so where did he get it? I want us to enter his world for a moment. Imagine yourself in Jericho, in Jericho where Bartimaeus is. He's sitting beside the roadside day after day, and he's hoping for the generosity of passers-by to drop a coin into his hat or his mat or whatever it is. And he would also hear the conversations of the passers-by as they come in and out of the gates of Jericho. And he must have caught something, some wind of this miracle worker. This Jesus of Nazareth from Galilee who's raised the dead and he's healed the sick and he's cast out demons. He's done all these miracles. But you can imagine for Bartimaeus, he's thinking to himself, what can he do for the blind? What can he do for me? So he'd pull a man aside and say, have you heard anything? Has Jesus healed a blind man before? Have you heard what he has done? Tell me, tell me again and tell me more. And then finally, one day, he gets the message. News comes from Jerusalem, which is only a little while away from Jericho, that Jesus has healed a man who is born blind. Jesus has healed someone 
who from their infancy could never see the light of day, who could never behold the sunsets or the great temple in Jerusalem. Jesus has done this. And Bartimaeus thinks to himself, if he can heal a man that was born blind, which has never happened before in all the history of Israel, you go search the scriptures, read the prophets, read what Elijah did and read what Elisha did. No one ever healed a man that was born blind. Someone was even raised again from the dead, but no one ever healed a man who was born blind. And so Bartimaeus has catched wind of this, and he thinks, if there's hope for that man, then surely there's hope for me. And then perhaps we can imagine again, as he replayed this story over and over again in his mind, that the prophet Isaiah came to his mind. He thought of the scriptures where it says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor and recovering of sight to the blind. And having better eyes in his heart than he had in his head, Bartimaeus put two and two together and he thought this must be none other than the Messiah of Israel. He saw something that the scribes and the Pharisees who'd studied the scriptures their entire lives could not see. And it was Jesus himself who rebuked the Pharisees and he said, you blind guides that lead the blind. They had all the information in the world and yet they still couldn't see for they saw not with the eyes of faith. But for Bartimaeus, from that day on, there must have been faith in him. And so how did the faith come to Bartimaeus? Without a doubt, it came by hearing. It came by hearing. As it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes from hearing. How is it then, I want to put us to, to, to us today, how is it then that so many of us here might have heard the good news of Jesus Christ many, many, many times, and yet there's no faith in Jesus Christ. There's no belief in him. Still your eyes are darkened and you've heard of his good news. You've heard of his cross and you've heard of his resurrection. And you've heard many appeal from a preacher again and again after again. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and yet you still sit back and you wonder, is Jesus for me? Is he real? Will he give sight to my blind eyes? There was nothing but good news for Bartimaeus that day. And there's nothing but good news for anyone here today who is searching, who has come to this house, begging for spiritual sight to receive the good news of Jesus Christ. Today, I want you to know that with the eyes of faith, Jesus Christ can be yours and his face that you'll behold for the first time will change your entire life. Now you can look at the second thing that we want to see this morning about his faith, which is that his faith seized the opportunity that it had before him. Jesus was already leaving Jericho when he was, and he was with a large crowd as they were leaving. And this large crowd had gathered around Jesus because they were all heading towards the Passover. The Passover is a celebration of the Jews. Every year they all go up to Jerusalem to recount and remember what God did for them in the Exodus. And this is where Jesus is headed. But he's going there heading thinking, this is where I'm going to die and be resurrected again and save the whole nation and in fact the world. Jesus is fixed on Jerusalem and the whole crowd is gathering around him. And this is the setting with which Bartimaeus finds himself. And so as he is sitting there and the crowd is walking by, you can imagine him grabbing hold of someone's robe and asking them, what's all this commotion about? What's happening? Tell me. Tell me, what's this big storm about? 
and then someone leans to him and kind of knocks him off their robe as they say to him, it's Jesus of Nazareth that's passing by. And to the unbelieving heart, imagine these words, to the unbelieving heart, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. That's not great encouragement to him. That wouldn't be a great encouragement. The eyes of unbelief would say, if he's passing by, then what hope is there for me? What use is there in me trying? He'll never hear me and he'll never see me. And in fact, if Jesus had really cared for my condition, wouldn't he have turned aside on the way and come and met me and cured me of my blindness? But this is not what happened with Bartimaeus. The excuses that unbelief would make did not find a place in him. And so like popcorn, the little kernel of faith that he had blew up into an opportunity that he was going to seize and find Jesus and ask for mercy from him. And so as Jesus is passing by, we read that immediately he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And now again, I want to address us this morning. I wonder... Are there any here today who have had that kernel of faith sitting in your heart for a long time, but you've dared not risk the opportunity to exercise that faith and to put it in Jesus Christ and to call out for mercy? You experience some little hint within yourself. You know that Jesus has the power to forgive sins, and you know that he can cure the blind intellectually. You have this little kernel, but you've not exercised your faith and taken hold of what Jesus has to offer. Bartimaeus only had one opportunity. But we are here today, Sunday after Sunday, and we are blessed to have many an opportunity to call out on Jesus for mercy. And so do not let each Sunday roll on, roll on as you think to yourself that when my time is right for me, then I'll call out on Jesus. Your opportunity might miss you by. The scripture says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, And again in 2 Corinthians it says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favour. Today is the day of salvation. And so come and call on him today, and Jesus will not pass you by. And now in the third case, we can see that there is a persistence in Bartimaeus' faith. It was not enough for Bartimaeus to cry out only once to Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, son of David. We can hear it, can't we? Put yourself in his shoes for a moment. Jesus is walking by and he's got one opportunity, cries out, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. And then verse 48 says, and many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. The cries of this blind man, Bartimaeus, have become a nuisance to those who are standing by. So you can hear them also saying, shut up, beggar. Shut up. Jesus is teaching. He's important. Stop talking. Stay down. He's not interested in you. But these warnings to Bartimaeus, they only serve to make him cry even louder. They think, if Jesus is teaching, then I better cry all the more. And so he says, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Someone shut him up. Son of David, have mercy on me. Get him out of here. Son of David, have mercy on me. Each cry is like the knocker on a door, banging on the doors of heaven, seeking for Christ to open up and to have his compassion poured out on Bartimaeus. So there was no stopping him, was there? No matter what the crowd did, there was no stopping Bartimaeus. His faith persisted 
until he was sure that he could apprehend the mercy of Jesus Christ. And so instead of Bartimaeus stopping, it would be Jesus Christ himself who stops. You can imagine that. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He's about to perform the greatest miracle that has ever happened, the crucifixion and the resurrection of himself. This is the great work with which he came to do. He set his face to Jerusalem and he's on his way. But then he stops. He stops. The most important hour of his life is around the corner. But when the cry for mercy has finally pierced through all the crowds, he stopped in his tracks. And this is the same thing that Jesus will always do for those who call out with sincerity and with persistent faith on Jesus Christ to heal them of their blindness. And so if you would have your eyes opened today to see the face of Jesus Christ, then first open your mouth and call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for mercy. But then stay in prayer. Stay in prayer and cry out again and again for mercy until you are sure and you have experienced the assurance that comes to your soul which says, if I am to die today, I know that I will stand in the presence of the Lord God Almighty for my sins have been washed away. But do not think then that just some little murmur that comes from the top of your tongue is what is required for God to hear you. For the scripture says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, we sing songs with our diaphragm. Well, prayers are prayed from our soul. If there's a persistence in your faith, and if you earnestly desire to have the spiritual sight that Bartimaeus knew about that day, then you will surely pray. And though many voices try and silence you, whether it's from the outside or from the inside, it's often those on the inside that tell us, shut up. Stop it. These words of unbelief that will keep us from calling out to Jesus Christ for mercy. If we wrestle through these with fervent prayer, then the blessing of spiritual sight will shortly be given to you according to the promises of God. So in the fourth place, I want us to note that his faith was glad for the call of Christ. Jesus had no sooner stopped at the cry for mercy then he had commanded those near him to call Bartimaeus. And how quickly these people must have changed their tune about the blind beggar. For we read in verse 49 that they called the blind man saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. It's an embarrassing thing for the followers of Jesus Christ to not care about the lost in the same way that Jesus does. If we Christians were to know who it was that Jesus was to call to himself, would we not spend all of our energy seeking after those people? If we knew for certain that so-and-so would be saved, we might neglect everyone else and go after that one person. But the problem is we don't know. We don't know who will accept Jesus Christ or who will reject him. And so in this case, we are warned like the crowd that those who gather around Jesus Christ so easily and so often, we who have been saved by grace from terrible past sins and have had our eyes opened to understand the things of God, it's easy for us to slip into unbelief that Jesus Christ would never save the worst sinners, the most blinded people. But yet we see in this instance that the graciousness of Jesus Christ 
To call for sinners is despite our sleepiness. And this is how Bartimaeus came. Jesus called for him, and verse 50 says, Throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. There was no forcefulness in the call of Jesus. He did not pressure Bartimaeus into coming. This was his own glad will. He heard the call of Jesus Christ and up he gets and he runs straight for Jesus. Blind as he is, he doesn't care. He knows he will make it to the Lord who has called him. And now how many of us here today have heard the call of Jesus Christ upon our lives and have not obeyed the gospel? Surely you've heard him say, Come, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and I will give you rest for your souls. Perhaps you've heard the words, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, or come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. If there's a little bit of faith in you today with which you can exercise towards the Lord God himself, Jesus Christ, hear him call you today, and you can be glad at the call of Christ and come knowing he will accept you with open arms. And that's what we will see in the final and fifth point about the faith of Bartimaeus. We will see that his, his faith knew exactly what his need was. We can imagine again, as Bartimaeus runs to Jesus Christ, that Jesus has now taken hold of the blind man and steadied him so that he can stand up and face him. And then in verse 51, Jesus says to Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus knows exactly what he wants. Bartimaeus has been calling out for mercy for a long time now. But as with many places in Scripture, the Lord wants us to actually articulate our needs so that we know what it is that we're asking from him exactly and so that others around us know what it is that we are actually asking from Jesus Christ. And so it's not only for Bartimaeus' sake that Jesus asks this question, but it's also for the sake of teaching a lesson to the other disciples. And you might remember this from last week, that in, in verse 35 of chapter 10, James and John have come up to Jesus Christ and they've said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And then Jesus says to them, What do you want me to do for you? Exact same words. What do you want me to do for you, James and John? And then they say, let us sit at your right hand in your glory. One at the right, one at the left. We want to be second in command in your kingdom. And that's a bold request. But it's a request that was not about meeting their need. That was a request coming from the evil desire of their own heart to have position and status in the kingdom and so Jesus Christ rebuked them sharply for what they had asked him. And this is the case with all of our selfish prayers that we want to ask the Lord God. But look at the difference then in Bartimaeus' request. He says, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. See, he's not asking for status. And he's not asking for wealth and he's not asking for a long life. He's a blind man and he knows exactly what he needs. He wants to see. And then notice how he's changed his words. He says, he calls Jesus Rabbi instead of Son of David. And the actual word here should be Rabboni, Rabboni, 
which is a more intimate word meaning my master, my close and near dear master and teacher. This is what he calls Jesus now. And the second thing he changes is instead of saying, have mercy on me, he says, let me recover my sight. Bartimaeus gets specific with his requests. For he knows exactly what his need is, and Jesus is gracious enough to grant it to him. And so immediately he receives his sight, and how fitting it is then, that the first thing that Bartimaeus sees upon receiving his sight is the face of Jesus Christ staring back at him. So now, for anyone here who knows yourself to be spiritually blind, you who know that Jesus Christ is not your everything, not your all, you who have come Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and still there is no experience of the Holy Spirit of God, that has changed your life and made you new. I plead with you today to call on Christ, to go home if you need to and spend time on your bed in prayer, in persistent prayer, with whatever kernel of faith that the Lord has given to you already. Take that and go to your bedroom, go to your chamber and talk to him in prayer and get specific about what it is that you're asking from him. Confess all your sins. Confess them specifically. Don't shy away from telling him everything that you have ever done, for he knows it already. You can confess your drunkenness. Confess your eyes that are full of adultery. You can confess your depression. You can confess your anxiety. You can confess your unbelief. Confess all these things. Get specific and ask the Lord God, Open my eyes that I might see and behold you in all your glory and your wonder and change my life that I might be new and make it to your heavenly and celestial city. You're not asking for a golden throne like James and John were. You're not asking to have it all. Bartimaeus knew that he needed sight like what everyone else had. The church of Jesus Christ is composed of people who have been born again, who have had their eyes opened, and so we all get to share in it. And for those of us who are here and still not sure of this status that you can have, based on nothing but the grace of God, it's to you that I plead this morning. Call out on Jesus Christ. Get specific with your confession, and he will heal you. As we see in the case of Bartimaeus, it happened immediately. We don't like to think of things so dramatic and so changing in an instant. We like to think of a gradual process all the time. In a case of blind eyes being opened, it happens immediately. Jesus can change you this day if you call on him with persistent faith. And we see then that to to Bartimaeus, Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And that's all it will take today for you to call on him with sincere and pure faith. And finally, what did Bartimaeus do then with the end of this passage? What did he do with this new life that was given to him? After receiving his sight, you would have thought that Bartimaeus would go to the temple in Jerusalem and see its great sights, or he would stay in Jericho, which was a beautiful city full of palm trees, 
He could have gone and traveled the world. He could have gone and done all these things. But we read the last words. It says, and immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. What a more beautiful sight is there to behold than the face of Jesus Christ. If you've been born again, and if you call on him and receive the spiritual sight, the first thing you will see is the face of Jesus Christ. And that's the only thing that I suggest to you today is worth seeing for the rest of eternity as you follow him on the way to the celestial city that Jesus has prepared for those who love him. Would you pray with me?